1: No, I don't. Uh, Well, they know me down at the police station. Why does that keep beeping like that? It's on a recording. Oh, hey, a recording. That's great. Okay. I'm, 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 you are not know, being recorded? Yes, sir. Hey, that's great. I want everybody to hear about me. Pretty soon I'll be world famous. That's the truth. I'm going to Jerusalem pretty soon. God's going to take me his way. A spaceship. UFO. You better believe it. They're everywhere. Everybody has seen Millions of people have seen them all around the world. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's right. And I've brought the police officers and the scientists and ordinary people that talk about these UFOs, So they do exist, and I know all about them. I'm going to I'm the number one scientist on this planet. I'm an authority on I'm a scientist. Okay. Have you heard of Albert Einstein? No, but I'm going to have to go. i got other images. I can explain uh, it to you. It's problem with relativity. Well, I don't have time to hear Einstein's theory of relativity. But it's very simple. He does need to win T-square. That's right. Okay. Emmanuel from the side, tell me the second time. It's not amazing, (laughs) my (laughs) dear Watson. Einstein was a Jew and I'm a Jew. And very few people in the world understood him. Hmm. That's right. I'm an engineer. I'm an electrician, a plumber, everything. I can do anything. Oh, well, that's wonderful. And I'm the world's greatest entertainer. Well, I'm, I'm... Worth, I'm worth about fifty million dollars a year. <laughs> Elijah, I gotta go now. Okay. Okay. God bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All hit radio.
0: To the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
2: Welcome back.
3: Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who would have thought they'd lead you? Who would have thought they'd lead you? And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Talkstar Radio Network. And, of course, if you'd like to watch the Exxon TV channel that is exclusive to Excuse me, exclusive to Simultv, visit www.simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Paul Askoff, and uh, we're going to be talking about UFOs. He is the author of UFOs, The Real Story, and uh, Paul, welcome to the Exxon.
2: Good day, and thanks for having me. Uh,
3: Paul, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. Sure. Um... I've been in the medical field all my life, uh, a qualified nurse, qualified occupational health nurse, paramedic. I was a clinical advisor for my last seven years and recently took my retirement, which allowed me the time to uh, write a book and, you know, sort of just give more time to my pursuits, which is ufology and the paranormal.
3: Now, before we go on, I'd just like to let our listeners know that you are in the United Kingdom. Whereabouts in the United Kingdom are you, Paul?
2: I'm in the best county of Yorkshire, right in the center, and I live quite close to Leeds.
3: Well, that is wonderful, sir. And thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight here in Canada. And I understand it's about
2: six o'clock your time. It is, that's right. Lovely evening, or rather, rather lovely morning.
3: Well, we thank you again. Paul, how did you get interested in UFOs?
2: Uh, well, I wasn't uh, as a normal uh, child. I don't think they come into your life pretty much. And I was 11 years old. We'd just moved to a new property. And my the my father ruled with a rod of iron, shall we say. Mm-hmm. He wasn't cruel or anything, but he was the guy who you certainly did as you were told. And myself and I had a younger brother I had just had my 11th birthday, so this is a lot of years ago, 1968. So there wasn't the light pollution, there wasn't the air traffic, there were no police or ambulance helicopters that there are now. Right. And we had this routine where we had a disabled war veteran live next door, he only had one lung, and we used to oh, take shit. his dog for a walk and mm-hmm. our dogs for a walk, take the dogs, come back in, put them away, say good night to our parents, go to bed. That was the routine. This evening we'd been out taking the dogs, my brother and I, we came back and my father was in the front garden and now we lived on the edge of a very small village, very rural and from, we looked due east and from our home looking that direction there was nothing whatsoever, the terrain was very flat and my father was in the garden, we went out to say good night, and it was just getting dark, it was almost dusk and the first sort of uh, constellations were coming out To the north of us, and straight in front with this really uh, sort of quite clear bank of cloud, and then the north part of the sky was completely covered in cloud. But the southern half of the sky was very clear. So the three of us were sat there looking at the sky, and my father was pointing the first few stars out. And as he did that, two UFOs came out of this bank of cloud very, very quickly, and then just stopped dead. And if you can imagine like they were in a a V formation, but one missing. Mm -hmm. So there was one slightly to one side and slightly behind the other. Now they were about the size of maybe a dime at arm's length. They were, so they were quite large really. And they were brilliant pearly white. And you could act when they stopped dead, you could actually see the light from them reflecting off the surface of the cloud. Now, as this happened, I got this voice in my head very clearly Uh, and don't ask me why but it felt a friendly benevolent voice and it just sort of said it was words to the effect of oops we hadn't meant to have been in to be seen (laughs) we should have stayed in the cloud and I got that quite clearly in my head now afterwards asking my father and my brother they never heard anything at all and there was no sound from them uh, and they remained stationary for a few seconds, and then immediately they were moving very quickly, going away from us, moving due east to what was then an old coal-fired uh, power station, Fort Marsh Power Station. Now, probably they just sort of stayed in, in that formation. They never moved relative to each other. And as they moved down the edge of this bank of cloud, you could, you could see the light from them still shining off the surface of the cloud. And as they moved, it was like they had this small sort of atmosphere around them, uh, this sort of corona. And it, it went where they were circular when they were stationary. As they moved, they had this smallest little like teardrop shape, as if this atmosphere was coming off them and dissipating. And they moved very quickly away from us, no sound whatsoever throughout. And three of us were just sat there, mouths agape, looking at the sky as you would do. Uh, and we were silent for a long time. And my father was the first to speak, uh, and he said, "Well, there's nothing we've got that can do that." And that was, I mean, it was mind blowing at the time.
3: I it imagine so. For me,
2: go on, Rob. So go on.
3: No, I was just going. I was just saying that. I, I imagine so. It would be very mind blowing.
2: Yeah. And the thing was, it was. And I say this relatively, sort of looking back. When you speak to other investigators and you speak to witnesses and from the high witnesses that have spoken and when I've been investigating these things, they all say it's quite unequivocal that it was definitely not from a man-made thing, it was so, for want of a better term, it was so obviously alien.
3: Were there other reports of this UFO that were submitted to the authorities, to the Air Force, or to newspapers and other media?
2: Now, this is the thing. Mm. Uh, But when you see something like that, it was so obvious, and immediately my thoughts were, well, I wanted to know the nuts and bolts, the physics behind it. How can something actually move like that and look like that? And then the other thought was, why don't I know about it? Why isn't it in the media? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it on the television or in the newspapers? Uh, and that's what set me off. And from then on, I really wanted to know. And as you were aware then, sort of in the 1960s, there certainly wasn't the internet or even cell phones or anything like that. That's right. So you had to get off your book and get out there and do the homework. And I had to go to my uh, like the larger cities catch the local buses, uh, get the bus service or the train, mm-hmm. uh, to even find a bookstore that stopped books on UFOs or the paranormal, anything like that, because they just, your local library, there was nothing like that then. Uh, so you had to get out there and get do the research that way.
3: All right, Paul, stand by. You and I have to uh, take a break. And uh, XO Nation, our guest this hour is Paul Ascoff. He's the author of UFOs, the real story. Now, Paul, is there a website our listeners can go to?
2: This I do have a Facebook page uh, called "It's the Real Story." If you just go onto Facebook, search and put "It's the Real Story," um, and then I edit it, the sightings I get and any the investigations I do, photographs, mm-hmm. videos, I put them all on there.
3: All right, Paul. Stand by. As I said, we've got to take our first break Index Exxon Nation once again. If you'd like to find out more about Our guest this hour, Paul Askoff. or if you'd like to find out more about his book, UFOs, The Real Story, just check him out on Facebook. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Welcome back to that same that you laughed about Well the names have all changed Since you hung around But those dreams have remained And they've turned around Who would have thought they'd lead you? Welcome back, everyone. My guest is Paul Askoff, and he's the author of a new book entitled UFOs, The Real Story. And, uh, Paul, was that your only UFO sighting?
2: Oh, no. I've, met. I've had many sightings. Um, what happened was uh, I tried to uh, document these. And I was with Bufora for many years, Mm -hmm. which is the British UFO Research Association. Uh, It's like our equivalent of MUFON. Right. And so uh, after looking at these, I've had many. We've taken photographs. We've taken videos. I put them on that uh, Facebook page. But also what I got into this was because people tend to just do pieces of the pie, if you like. And I believe that the paranormal, uh, cryptids, UFOs, in from the electromagnetic spectrum were all connected. And if you imagine, uh, for the listeners that don't know, our normal visible electromagnetic spectrum is less than one tenth of one percent of what is out there on our spectrum. You've got radio waves at the high end, then it comes down through infrared. Then we have our visible light and our acoustic spectrum. Then it goes down lower through the ultraviolet, X-rays, and then gamma rays at the lower end. Now, we only see that tiny, tiny portion. I believe that if you look at the uh, cosmologists now and these people with far better brains than I, uh, and they're, they're sort of estimating that, that this dark energy and dark matter make up by far the largest majority of matter and energy in the universe mm-hmm. and therefore the, the sort of figures that they're bandied about at the moment are even as high as 90 or 95 percent therefore those uh visible spectrum and the radio waves infrared gamma rays x-rays the things that we normally associate with our bit of the electromagnetic spectrum less than five could be less than five percent so therefore we are seeing just the, uh, the smallest fraction of what is available. And because of my um, investigating and the things and the research which I have done, because people tend to do just a story like they'll do, uh, we'll say for an argument, say the Roswell incident, or in England, the UK, uh, we get the Rendlesham Forest incident. and cryptids looking at sasquatch bigfoot yeti whatever wherever you come from in the world people tend to stick to that subject so what i've tried to do is say by by putting this book together it's showing people that there is a connection and the connection is the electromagnetic spectrum and that's how it's uh, or i should say that's why we we don't find evidence and that's why we find difficulty uh, getting photographs of ufo's getting photographs of bigfoot because they're on a different frequency they're on a different type of energy does that make sense <laughs> yes and no yeah i know what you mean
3: all right because over the 32 years talking to people who have had bigfoot encounters who have had ufo experiences it's only the it's only the very minute minority that have ever said well you know i had a ufo encounter and there's you know there was a bigfoot as well or i've had a bigfoot experience at the same time other people in the same area were reporting ufos so i have a bit of problem trying to understand how this is all related i understand the electromagnetic theory i do and i think that's uh that's that's wonderful i also understand the frequency and, the, mm-hmm. and, and our vision frequencies and what we can see and what we can't see, the different light spectrums. But if this is the case, why would there be so many photos of UFOs that are coming out? Why are there so many videos of UFOs? and And why would so many investigators who are out there investigating the various UFO sightings, Look for something tangible instead of something in the electromagnetic field.
2: Well, that, sorry, Rob, that, that is the problem. The thing is, because we only normally record, see, and hear um, such a small portion of the electromagnetic spectrum, if you imagine, one of the analogies that I give in the book is, if you imagine our electromagnetic spectrum as a, an old vinyl LP, as a mm-hmm. record, and that is our, from the gamma rays up to the radio waves at one end, that is our sphere of energy that we deal with on a daily basis. However, with the dark energy and dark matter, there's not just one record, there's a whole stack of records. And this is these are the different energies and frequencies that the UFOs use. If I say ET uh, as a ballpark, Phrase for people to understand. So, ET is on a completely different record to us, the same as cryptids. I mean, we get lots of uh, sightings, uh, eyewitness accounts from uh, Bigfoot, from uh, Mothman, Dogman. There's all, there are all these plethora of cryptid things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same with the paranormal, with the spirit realms, the spirit world. They're on a different frequency, they're on a different record. And just occasionally, people are in the right place or you get I do believe we get geographical locations too Uh, obviously the Skinwalker Ranch being one but there are these places all around the world and many of them where the records almost touch and almost overlap and therefore it becomes easier where these high energy places for these to overlap and that's where you do get a lot of sightings uh, of cryptids and a lot of sightings of UFOs too, as on the, the Skinwalker Ranch as an example. Does that make more sense? Not really. I'm, <laughs> I,
3: I'm trying, I'm really trying to understand it, because if what you're saying is true, now I have to ask you, have you, done, uh, have you any evidence to substantiate your hypothesis?
2: Oh, well, there are lots of evidence, and it happens all the time. You get uh, UFO sightings where people don't see anything and then they will suddenly appear. Uh, there was the Gaffney incident in the US where a part of that, was it, there was a whole thing that went ballpark, went on with the police and all sorts. But a young couple were parked up and actually saw uh, a disc-shaped UFO come over towards them that was see-through and they could see through it and then as it became solid, the... Trees that it was very low over burst into flames, which again would be natural with something coming down through frequencies, coming down through the infrared into our visible light. Infrared generates heat and that's what would happen there. I mean, they rang the authorities, the police and the fire turned up, Mm -hmm. the fire service put the fire out, but it was long gone and that was it and the police just took statements from them. There was also the Robert Taylor Decmont Woods incident in Scotland mm-hmm. where he initially saw it as an invisible thing. And it sort of, it was transparent and see-through and then it became solid. And therefore, it, these are all examples. I mean, there are lots of uh, examples, of video as well, of things appearing, how many witness-ize statements do we get things that suddenly appeared or suddenly disappeared. And it's, but but it's is it just, is it because
3: they suddenly disappeared or were they suddenly noticed? Both. Well, That's y- the- you see, this is, this is where I have a problem. For example, the theory about UFOs being, uh, you know, basically invisible and this is why pictures are, can't be taken and so on and so forth makes no sense, especially when some of the UFOs have actually been tracked on radar.
2: Oh, sure. And, and you know, if,
3: if we're talking about the electromagnetic field, they wouldn't mm-hmm. appear on radar.
2: Yeah, sure. Because if you imagine uh, how far we've, ad- I'll just sidestep a little, if we, how far we've advanced in the last hundred years, you imagine uh, a race that might maybe a thousand years in front of us. Therefore, not all I believe come, Completely, That they are masters of the whole of the electromagnetic spectrum, not just our bit, not just our record, but the whole stack of records. Uh,
3: okay. All right. Listen, I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. I want to continue <laughs> this when we come back. ExoNation, sure. Paul Laskoff is our guest. His, um, If you'd like to find out more about Paul and the book he wrote, which is entitled UFOs, The Real Story. Paul, is your book available on Amazon.com and other online stores?
2: Yeah, it's available on Amazon, but as an ebook, audio, paperback, and hardback.
3: Okay, great. Exxonation, not now. At the end of the show, buy, check out, and read this book. Once again, the name of the book is UFOs, The Real Story. Paul Laskoff is our guest, and he is the author of that book. And Paul and I will be back on the other side of the news break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada— Right across Lake Erie from the city of Buffalo, where according to the news today, we're going to be able to drive into the United States as long as we have proof of our vaccinations, which Laura and I do, as well as our family. So, hey, we're going to go to Buffalo to have some great food at Pete's Market again. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh
0: for everyone. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get 2, 3, 4, 5, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, and 6. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call If you're delusional, press 7, and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully, and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you're depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one will answer you. If you're dyslexic, press 69696969. If you have a nervous disorder, please fidget with the hash key until the beep. After the beep, please wait for the beep. If you have a short-term memory loss, please try your call again later. And if you have low self-esteem, hang up. All our operators are too busy to talk to you.
0: I spent a lifetime looking for you Single bars and good time lovers were never true
2: Playing a fool's game hoping to win And telling those
0: sweet lies and losing again
3: Welcome back, everyone. Paul Askoff is my guest. He's the author of UFOs, The Real Story. And uh, the book is available on Amazon.com as well as all other fine online bookstores. All right, Paul. Here we've got UFOs that are that are being seen or not being seen, tracked on radar, not tracked on radar. Sure, yep. Yeah, okay. So why do you think the government... May be covering up the existence of these UFOs if, in fact, they pose a threat to national security.
2: I think that was part of the misperception at the very beginning. I think UFOs have been coming and going as long as we've been on the planet, and we are taught the problem was that you have to think, go back to the end of the Second World War, and if you imagine people then were afraid, and it was. There, there was new, a lot of nuclear. There was the Cold War. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that people were afraid of. And what happened in 1952 with the UFOs that were seen over the capital, the U.S. capital at Washington, uh, you have to think at the time, a lot of people have just been demobbed. You'd got a lot of ex-service personnel. And people were reporting. There were hundreds of people. And they were photographs and video. And then they were told... Uh, It was the actual official explanation was that it was a temperature inversion. Right. What they did at the time then, I believe it was like from that moment onwards that they've tried to keep a lid on it. Because what they didn't want, they didn't want people panicking. They didn't want people, they wanted people to feel safe. And these things were just coming and going as they pleased. Mm -hmm. And they had no control over it whatsoever. And that was the problem. Uh, I mean, like the Battle of Los Angeles, and all these other instances where things happened in uh, different parts of the spectrum, if you like, right. where they, where they were being shot at. Then, right. but there was no apparent damage, and it's the same now. We've just had the report, the uh, report to the government, but they only took in uh, from 2004 onwards. They also said where they commented on the Gimbal UFO, the Tic Tac UFO, and they were saying there's insufficient evidence and it does need further investigation, and there are things out there. And they admitted to three instances, those two being two of them, where they had uh, sort of trained observers as pilots that could see them, so that was normal visible spectrum. They were the craft were picked up on radar from the carrier fleet underneath them. Plus, they were also videoed on the gun cameras in infrared of the aircraft, the F-18 Superharm. Yeah, I, I under but-
3: I understand that. I understand that. This is what we've been told. But, however, when it comes to actual identification, no identification has ever been made. And, and the question I have for everybody who talks about UFOs is that, With all the hacking that goes on, on computer, uh, you know, data centers around the world, you know, Russia, the United States, China, Uh if a hacker wanted to upset the entire United States or any other country, all they have to do is break in and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is evidence that has been suppressed and it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. So if if that information is really out there, why hasn't it come public? Why hasn't somebody hacked it? Look what happened with the whistleblowers in the United States and the information that they've been releasing. Thousands of pages of data. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing about UFOs. Absolutely nothing. How come?
2: Well, that's, again, because they've been covering it up, bro. And... One of the things but that we, right, as investigators, okay. we say is that this uh, report, which was put mm-hmm. out then, they actually admitted that they have 80 reports where they've got something unidentified of, on the three mediums. Let me which, let me ask let me ask you this. Sure. If, if,
3: and this is my belief, that what the what they actually encountered were terrestrial. Experimental aircraft or aircraft that was actually sent into the area to see how the fighter squadrons would react. I don't yep. think I don't think that what they saw was from another planet. I really don't. Because if if free, if UFOs are an uh, are a fact and they have been observing Earth for any given time. Why haven't they interacted with us? And I, I, I listen, I've heard every, every connotation that, you know, the, uh, the, the what is it, the direct, the prime directive not to interfere. Well, if the prime directive is not to interfere, why are they interfering in our airspace? And if they really are there and they have no uh, malice towards humanity, why don't they just land? Why don't they just let themselves be known? Why don't they help us? cure the sick? Why don't they help us feed this planet? Why don't they help us clear up the uh, pollution? Why don't they help us clear up the, the climate? Why don't they do that?
2: Yep, I agree with all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the explanations, as you said, uh, that people try and get out of it is by saying this no interference thing. That you have right. to do things by your own efforts type of thing. And If they intervened, Therefore, they would be crossing and that you know that bridge that they shouldn't be doing, that they would be interfering and they shouldn't be helping us. We have to do it by our own efforts. Uh, yes, I do come across that a lot. Um, but going to the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, back to that, because they're come, I believe, they're complete masters of it. That is why they can come and go as they please. Mm -hmm. That is why we don't have, that we're aware of, real, uh, a lot of clear video. Now, having said that, with modern technology and the mobile phones, the cell phones that people carry, people can now just video things, put them straight on the internet for people to watch, for people to look at. And we are getting hundreds and thousands of reports and photographs put on now, the problem with that mm-hmm. is you need corroborative evidence. It's right. okay somebody saying this was a light in the sky, mm-hmm. which does happen very often. But uh, we'll go for that. Take, for argument's sake, the uh, UFO over Jerusalem in 2011, where they've tried to uh, hoax that. Yeah. And that was because we had five di- five different videos of that, Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, a group that tried to hoax it and looks very similar. And just by chance, that was the one that Fox News aired on their TV channel. Um, but also, we had hundreds of witnesses with corroborative evidence. It was even caught on the Jerusalem's uh, weather station's own camera, on their security cameras. So when you look at all the things together... Uh, that's what you need to say, all right, it wasn't just somebody, you know, hoaxing anything. There was something really there. Mm-hmm. But again, the problem with the authorities is they've been trying to keep a lid on it for so long, uh, 70, at least 70 years, and now I believe with this latest statement where they're saying they have 80 of these uh, incidents where they've got things on radar, on video, Whether infrared and they've got uh, credible observers. At the end of the day now, I believe that they can't keep a lid on it because, as I said, people can just put things on the internet. So what they're trying to do is just release the pressure on the pressure cooker, as it were, and just we're now getting this... I'm not saying we're ever going to get disclosure because they're never going to admit to Roswell, they're never going to admit to Rendlesham. There are hundreds of these cases and incidences that they won't admit to. However... They're now making it, the public more generally aware of it. And so we're getting this small drip of disclosure just to release the pressure of the pressure. Cooker. Listen,
3: I've got to take my, my final break, but here's a very fascinating statistic that since the Tic Tac and all the other uh, videos have come out, there are less people who believe in UFOs now than there was then. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, and Mutual Broadcast Network.
2: Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you
0: Single bars and good-time lovers
2: were never true. Playing a fool's
3: game, open to win. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org.
0: Well, I just got back from Roswell, where the aliens have been. And if you ask the feds, the cause, well, they'll only lie again. Now I'm hunted by the gumshoes, and I'm wanted by the cops. Cause they think that I might be the guy Making circles in the crops And I know that there's a conspiracy From the voices in my head Elvis lives, that's clear to me It's McCartney who is dead And if the Mars Men should come again And take me, I will go I will take a trip on their rocket ship God bless the UFO Give JFK this message It's the Cuban Army's fault And I know that Dave Koresh is Alive inside a vault We've seen reports in papers Of a guy who knows about a car that runs on chewing gum, but the Arabs rubbed him out. And we loudly warn that America is badly unprepared. Let the Cold War through, we need something new that can get you good and scared. You wonder just who is warning you of conspiracies today. We're the ones who fill the rumor mill. We are the sea.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Paul Askoff is our special guest, and his his book is entitled UFOs, The Real Story. Paul, we were talking before about all the cameras that are out there now. All cell phones have high-definition cameras, multi-speed recording systems. Uh, You know, there are webcams uh, all over the place. Law enforcement use them. The military use them. Truckers use them, Uh, and and yet there is no clear, decisive photograph or video of a UFO.
2: How come? Mm. Uh, I do. Sorry, Rob. I I was going to say, I do believe that we are getting more and more, and more are recorded now, and more to put on the internet now. But again, people you do get people that are good at CGI and they still try and hoax these things. However, uh, going back to the electromagnetic spectrum, mm-hmm. if it's not in the right frequency, as in our small bit of visible light, uh-huh. or in the, if it's an infrared camera, as in a good camera on the F18 hornets, what happens is uh, it, it's just not there. The camera physically cannot focus on it. Um, and that is why they're, they're around us, I believe, all the time but not in the frequency that we, at the moment, can record. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have technologies, uh, and there may be uh, technologies that we're not aware of, that probably the military will be developing, like Mm -hmm. with these kunkworks and these other things, where you have some of the best brains in the world that are working on this because they know of these problems. Now, that's the same where we get reports of uh, UFOs that are terrestrial and uh, stealth aircraft, things like that. The problem that we have as investigators is where do you draw the line and what is genuine ET, whether it's interdimensional or whatever, or what is uh, a black budget that we will never know about.
3: But when it comes to national defense, do we need to know everything the government knows?
2: Oh, no, certainly not. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, however, uh, in the sort of, dare I say, more trans- allegedly more transparent things where people have to account for budgets, there are still uh, lots and lots of things. Uh, and I mean... One instance, I, we, my wife has a cousin who lives uh, in San Francisco. Did uh, He was a wealthy man. He did a lot of money for charities, for the Variety Club of Great Britain and other charities as well. And while he was in Hawaii, was invited to a big function over there. He, he'd contributed quite a few things. And he said, Paul, I was sat there, we were everybody had been, we'd had a good night, a good meal, lots of drink flowing. Uh, Lots of money raised for charities. He says, and we were sat on these tables of about 12 people. And he said, and I was next to this, uh, a full bird colonel uh, from the American army, who was actually second in command of a listening post on the islands. And he said, he made it sound like uh, many black almost. He said, and all he was doing, his unit did, was log UFOs coming and going over the Pacific. And he said, obviously... The more drunk he was getting, the more he was uh, telling me. He said, "But obviously, I was getting more drunk as well." He said, "I really can't remember. You know, you would have given your right arm to be sat where I was." But it's like, why is th- things like that aren't public knowledge? I things think. Like I that think the are- better.
3: I think the better question here is why is a full bird right. colonel so stupid and violating his oath? I wouldn't take the yeah. word his word whatsoever.
2: Well. Now I can only say that's like everything. Mm-hmm. You can only say what you're given at the time, you know.
3: How are you? That's right. It's his word, and you know, a lot of people when they have a few under their under their belt, they like to brag, whether it's truth or not. Well, seeing is believing. Let me ask you, uh, what kind of research have you done on your electromagnetic theory?
2: Right. What I've tried to do is. Look at it, because when I saw the first UFOs, it was from the scientific point of view. If something like that is so obviously odd, so bizarre, Mm -hmm. that it's not obviously terrestrial, where can it be coming from? It was obviously controlled. Why did I get that voice in my head? And that is why... I sort of tried to uh, look at and do more research into the electromagnetic spectrum. Now, the more you go into it, uh, and the more that the listeners would read, uh, there are some really good scientists out there, uh, Jacques Vallée being one, and he's put a lot of theories forward. Yeah, um, well, the,
3: he's kind of gone off the deep end lately.
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, you're right. But the problem is, uh, it's like anybody, when you pick a book up, is if you get too scientific... Uh, your readers that you're trying to draw in, that you're trying to interest and trying to kindle their interest to get them into, into the subject, you, they pick it up and think, oh, this is a bit heavy. I'll have to read this and come back when I can concentrate and understand it. Right. It, what I've tried to do is put my book into layman's terms so that anybody can pick it up and anybody can get the basics and anybody can sort of get that background understanding all right. of how uh, oh, things work.
3: All right. I, I guess I want to know is, what expertise or education do you hold that would give credence to your research?
2: Absolutely none whatsoever.
3: So why uh, would, so let me ask you this, why would anybody what, listen to you if you've got no expertise, you don't hold an engineering degree? Why I don't would, know. So So why would people
2: listen to you? It's just a theory. Exactly that. Yes. And yeah. people have to put these theories forward.
3: but the but the- there's 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 I agree that theories are good if you can back them up with substantial research.
2: Sure. where you've
3: actually, I'm- no, no, that you yourself has done. you know, we all can't just sit back in, on, and do the research on the internet and write a book. To me that that's that's
2: crazy. Exactly. And that is why you need to do the research. You need to listen to what people are saying.
3: No, 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 no. no. You're you're getting me all wrong on this one. What I'm saying is you've written a book about UFOs, the real story. You've put out a theory, a hypothesis based on your research about the electromagnetic fields and uh, the... um, you know the different wavelengths that we can see. Well, that is legitimate research because it's well known. But to tie UFOs, ghosts, and Bigfoot to all together without any proof, and no, writing a book, that... writing a book that is entitled "The Real Story," how can it sure. be the real story if there's no proof or evidence? It's a hypothesis. I. It, it wouldn't a better title be? I think that. This is why UFOs are real.
2: Mm, possibly, yeah. But the thing is, when you're talking to these people, these are the people that have witnessed things firsthand. So they're giving you what they've seen, their feelings, and what they experienced.
3: But what is the proof that they supply this And but-
2: Getting more information. But what is that- the proof that they are giving
3: you that what they are saying is true?
2: Well, that you will never know. But... That is the thing. You will always get your version of what you've seen, your their version of what they're seeing, mm-hmm. and somewhere in the middle is the truth. But at the end of the story, if we don't get these people's stories together, if we don't do this research, if we don't take their word, at the end of the day, you're not going to get anywhere. But you've that... got to go on what people experience.
3: An investigation is based on fact. You cannot come to a conclusion in an investigation without fact, without proof. It's just like when you're doing a criminal investigation, you can't make a charge unless you've got evidence.
2: Precisely. So, and, and, might... and you see, this is where, in
3: my opinion, that the UFO community is is gone bonkers because all they want to do is give a story based on nothing but hearsay evidence without any proof and have people believe them. And I think this is where the UFO community is going to start to tumble and tumble fast. Paula, I wanna thank you for joining us. And Exxon Nation, once again, the name of the book is UFOs, The Real Story. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. No, I won't. This is the final segment. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again, we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. So until tomorrow night from everybody here at the Exxon, Relmire McConnell Broadcast Company and all our affiliates and my senior executive producer, my lovely wife, Laura. Thank you for joining us. Take care, be safe, and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night.